0: Hey, welcome to the show. Today's guest, millionaire Dean Roberts, discusses the art of living in a positive and fulfilling way. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams? Then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And today, I have another special guest for the podcast, and his name is Dean Roberts. And... Just before the show started, uh, Dean and I were gosh almost talking for a half an hour, just just connecting and 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 and, and having that that conversational flow about what we're about and, and and where we're trying to go. So I'm really excited to have Dean on the show. And and first of all, Dean, I just want to thank you for joining me today. Um, that's awesome that you're able to come on. And two, how are you? And and um, where are you calling in uh, from today?
1: I'm uh in Upstate New York near Cooperstown.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, just for starters, um, can you talk about you know your life story? You know where where have you gone and 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 where has that brought you to to um
1: where you are today? I was born in the city of New York, and I spent uh, the first sixteen years. Um not having a lot of fun and and not doing very well in terms of uh, my academic life or even my friendship life i hung out with a bunch of people that were um going in the wrong direction Mm -hmm. and I was i was part of that kind of culture you know you hang you like the people you hang around with so finally when i was 16 i i was thrown out of high school and i spent um, about a year hanging around and i joined the navy And that was a good influence on me in a lot of ways. I learned some things. It certainly teach you about how to, uh, certain basic hygiene, take showers and change your clothes and things like that. (laughs) And, uh, after the Navy, I messed around for a couple more years with not really much direction at all. Uh, I got married and had two kids right away and I started to work for my father. He was in the steel rule dye business. Him and my mother had a small shop in Brooklyn and they were doing about twenty five thousand dollars a year when I first joined. And I worked there for seven or eight years and pretty much at the same kind of pace. It was the three of us. Although I had when I started to realize that if we got more business I would get some more money, so I started to look for customers and network with the customers we had. So by ten about ten years after that, my folks retired and I was running the business in a modestly successful way. Mm-hmm. I was making a halfway decent income. Custom and custom cutting pieces for other manufacturers. Okay. And then somewhere around that time, we started to make um, bird. My father actually designed a birdhouse kit that we die cut. We made birdhouses, bird feeders, plant holders, and started selling them to retail stores, which was a big change from the business we were in or I was in at that point because we were dealing with a whole different class of businesses. The manufacturers that I had dealt with in Brooklyn were, they were, um, uh, nice people that I got along well with but they you didn't have to you didn't have to have a product that sells when you sell to stores it has to resell or it's no good Mm -hmm. so we gradually built that business up a little bit and a friend of mine came along with a plan for a dollhouse kit so we made up set made up a set of dies, and I took it to a trade show in Dallas and it really was a hit. A lot of people liked it. We had there were no other dollhouses available in this. It was a craft show, uh, Craft and Hobbies. Mm-hmm. So I came back with maybe 100 orders, uh, you know, 100 units, 100 kits sold. And we started making another dollhouse and another, another style dollhouse. And I started to do more trade shows. And after a couple of years of that, we were up to about $3 million in sales. And we were producing about 15 different dollhouse kits. Oh, wow yeah it was it was a big rush because it happened so fast I did that uh, probably the fifth year after we started making them about thirty trade shows all over the country Jeez. all over the world actually we did some shows in uh, Milan and nuremberg and wilberly England and it was quite a rush but you know I got to a point okay I fixed the money thing because I had been poor all my life my folks never had any money. Mm-hmm. And I struggled for years after when when I was first married. And I thought when you make a lot of money, it was going to like fix everything in your life, but it didn't at all. I was more tense and depressed and uh, nervous, hmm. jerky, worried. And the I had the good fortune of getting a copy of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, and that really helped me realize that it was in my it was in my ability or responsibility to control the way I reacted to things. Mm-hmm. And I also um, had a copy of Think and Grow Rich, which really helped me uh, fix the money thing. That his, his guidance and his um, plan for organizing yourself and, and achieving goals was a tremendous service to me in uh, creating the business. So there I was with a uh, pretty good income and a lot of tension, And uh, uh, I started to go to different shrinks. I actually went to two different shrinks at the same time. And I started to uh, practice yoga. And I went to a bunch of different kind of uh, yoga retreats and meditation retreats and personal development retreats. And life started to get better. I started to be... um, I started to develop a practice. Okay. I'd get up every morning and I'd read and write and and meditate and exercise. Exercise was always a pretty important part of um, my personal development. And forty year fifty years, was it forty years later now, uh, I still do it every morning. That's I'd get up and study uh, some current books, some old books, I journal. I meditate and i uh, exercise or practice yoga
0: that is I think that's amazing uh to to do that and I just want to unpack a little bit of those things because you said you've been doing this for for quite some time, and what what was it that you know led you to pick up you know the the book by uh, Marcus Aurelius back when you did um all those years ago that was dumb luck okay
1: i had <laughs> I had subscribed to a book club. Mm -hmm. It was a classic classic book club, and the first one that showed up was uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, and I had never heard of it. And I uh, had—I used to drive to work. I lived in New Jersey, and I drove to Brooklyn. But I started to take the bus. The Arab oil crisis was like a blessing to me because it it uh, made it almost impossible to get gas. We you have to stand in line for hours to get gas. So I started to use the, the bus and subway service and it gave me about three hours a day to be able to read. Oh wow. And I, that I really started devouring books after I, um I had, I had, uh, no, I guess it was around the same time I started with Think and grow rich too. No, that no, that was, that was earlier. Okay. But, that
0: was earlier. Okay.
1: Yeah. But Marcus Aurelius and uh, Epictetus, Epicurus, Seneca—all the Stoic philosophers came along one after the other, and they were instrumental in my coming to uh, be able to manage my experience. I would recommend, uh, certainly, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius to anybody.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely check, check that one out too. So, from oh, so when you're when you're doing all these things and and just starting to. I guess you know, become more centered about yourself, and and so you can lead a more positive life. What, what were those changes that that you started noticing about yourself that that just made, you know, made your life better, made made your life happier, or um, just more peaceful?
1: It, you know, I, it really came most of the most of those changes actually came out of a dark night of the soul that I had. I was sick i had a really bad cold and i mm-hmm. i couldn't lay down to sleep i was sitting up in a chair in the living room and i woke up in the middle of the night i took a couple of hits on a metahaler because at that point i had asthma very i was using a metahaler a uh, complete a whole one in about every 2 weeks okay and uh i lit up a cigarette and i was sitting there thinking about what i had to do the next day and somehow I just, it, uh, like, a, like a force came over me, I realized that if I continued to live the way I was living, I wasn't going to be around much longer to, mm. to accomplish or do anything. I was 80 pounds or probably 90 pounds heavier than I am now. I uh, smoked and drank and ate the most disgusting non-food substances. And somehow I still kept living. But the next morning, I threw the cigarettes away. I stopped drinking for not completely, not I, st- I stopped drinking completely for about two years. And I started to exercise a little bit and I began to study about uh, diet, which was uh, uh, I made a lot of big, important changes that were still not the greatest diet in the world, but were substantially better than I had. And I started to see results. I was young enough where my uh, my body had a lot of resiliency left. And uh, there's nothing like uh, success to bring more success. You know, as I felt better and lost weight and became more fit, I, it built on itself. And I became really committed to that, that, not to be just fit and healthy, but to be optimally fit and healthy. And it took a long time. Right, right. But... But I still uh, aspire to that, and I think for uh, for my age, I'm. It's thank God things are holding up pretty good. And how old are you again?
0: Seventy six. Wow. And and what age were you when when you put down the cigarettes and and began to to really change your diet?
1: I was nineteen sixty five to sixty six, somewhere uh-huh. in there. So that was at least uh, oh, fifty years ago. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Fifty years
0: ago, yeah, <laughs> and and you've kept it up. So I think that, uh, and talking about that, you said you've made changes, you know, to your diet. And we were even talking about that before we got on here. Can can you touch on, you know, what what those changes were? Because uh, from my perspective, I, I think it's important to um, be there physically, uh, mentally, spiritually, and and just and really being conscientious of of the things that we're putting into our bodies because this is, you know, our, our most important tool. And if we're not giving it, you know, the right things that it needs, then then we're just not going to be able to, I guess, you know, fulfill life's yearnings in, in anything. So can you, can you touch on that uh, for a
1: little bit? Oh, I agree with that 100%. And I learn more all the time about uh, mm-hmm. it there's it's been a lot of new new information in diet. Uh, in the last 10 years at 20, 20 years ago, they were promoting, um, uh, margarine as a health food. Oh, and now definitely. it's pretty common knowledge <laughs> that it's the most, one of the most destructive things you can put in your body. So I think it's important for everybody to stay on the cutting edge of wellness. And there's a lot of podcasts that have really great information about that. Um, I went through a whole bunch of different, I, I was a vegetarian for a while. I thought that was a healthy thing to do. I, uh, I changed my diet and experimented with it and kept trying and kept studying and, and watching effects. If you're, you could eat perfectly good, wholesome, organic food and it could put you in the hospital. Certain people have celiac disease mm-hmm. can eat uh, really great, uh, organic bread and it'll, it'll wreck their lives so you it's uh it's an exp- it's an experimentation and a trial and error but i would recommend that everybody always be conscious of the way they feel after they eat something and also try to be quiet and see what their body is telling them that they need to eat be- because we uh, need to get a balance of protein and uh, carbohydrates and fats and my current, my current best shot at that is uh, a fairly high-fat diet with uh, organic organic everything. Okay. I think that's a very low bar, but it's, it's what we have available right now. The best, best food to eat is the food that you grow yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And outside of that, organic is a, a standard that we should strive for.
0: So do you grow your own food and are, are you shopping at, um, getting you know, like your meat, like a local, local butcher or still when you're going shopping at the store, you're just making sure that it's that, the, the organic meat.
1: We, for a long time, uh, for about 10 years, my wife and I grew almost everything that we, um, we ate. We have, okay. we had goats and chickens and about seven years ago we bought a health food store. Mm. So now we, we deal with a lot of local vendors and yes, the, uh, the, The meat that I eat is grown about a mile from here. The people are, they're not just organic, but they're biodynamic farmers. And they treat their animals with love and care and feed them the best food, kill them quickly and freeze them fast. Mm. And we also, also eggs, I think, are a very important part of the diet. Good, free-range, organically fed chickens that have access, or not just access, but they can run wild and eat, eat bugs and seeds and whatever the the natural diet that they would be most inclined to eat so we we live in the country yeah <laughs> and it's uh, i i think it's a very wholesome thing if you can set your life up in a way that you can live out out of the, out of a urban area there's a lot of benefits to it
0: you know that that's funny that you said that because as as i'm getting older and and beginning to think about you know uh, the importance of, of, you know, what to eat and, and just realizing all the, the dynamics and how it affects us as people, that that was one of the bigger things that I was actually considering is just being somewhere w- where I could, you know, have the resources, you know, to do those things and, and to make my own food and or grow and make sure that I know exactly what it is that I'm putting, input, putting into my body, especially with everything that's been... Uh, popping up in the news lately whereas where um the manufacturers of the different foods that we're eating aren't necessarily being, you know, um uh completely honest to us or with us about what it is that they're putting in the food or even when they are putting it on the label they're writing it as something different so as to like mislead people so that they don't know uh, what ingredient it truly is. So that all those things are you know, baffling me and and just making me more um,
1: more into going, you know, doing exactly what it is you're saying. Blake, they're not in the food business; they're in the manufacturing business. They manufacture something called a non-lethal ingestible. Hmm. That as long as it doesn't kill you on the spot, they'll sell it to you it's uh, it's a travesty the way the food the food whole industry has devolved into a uh, uh it's just product it's just boxes and cans and bags of stuff that uh people can uh eat without dying well wow. on the spot you know it's yeah. killing them in the right. long term but
0: right in the long run and I, like i've even noticed too cuz i'm i'm just like y'all i've gone through different different eating phases whereas for a little bit i try you know just eating all all um uh you know uh vegetables and and salads and, and was sticking with that and then you know i would throw in the fish just to see how how that how that was and then chicken or or the beef and then those were the things that would would give me the migraine or the headache and i was like okay i know not to put you know that in my system let's let's stay stick more with with the fish and, and the and the fruits and vegetables but um I'm I'm curious because we talked about this before we got on the show is is yoga and I I've been doing yoga just for over a month now and I'm starting to see already uh well not necessarily just sing but I feel the benefits of of having that practice and not really even a practice but just playing um and just being with myself and and now, doing these different the breathing techniques and and these um, stretches and poses and, and the benefits they're having for me on my life, can you talk about what what yoga and, and fitness has has done for you and, and taught you about yourself and what you're capable of uh, doing?:
1: oh, Fitness is just as important as um, the right diet. We're a biological entity, and if we, we're designed to move, we're designed to be moving and standing and flexing all day long. And to sit in a chair all day and expect to be optimally healthy is almost—it's almost impossible. Mm. I've come on a couple of techniques in addition to yoga that um, your listeners may find interesting. I don't sit a lot, and when I do, I flex my muscles. It's called isometrics. You tighten up a muscle group as hard as you can and hold it for a few seconds. I'll, if I am sitting, I'll sit with my legs straight out and stiff as a board and then relax them and then do it again. And it's the same thing with stretching. I don't just do yoga when I practice. I do uh, all different forms of positioning and stretching. every Every time I can think of it, and I think of it pretty regular, I had when I first started to do that, I set up certain keys every time the telephone rang or every time I walked through a doorway mm-hmm. or every time I got out of a car. I would take a minute and tense, and then I came up with this thing called the monster walk okay. where you take one step, tighten your whole body and hold it for a second, then take another step, tighten your whole body and hold it, spread your feet about three feet apart. That there's so much we can do all day long to um, reach out for optimum well-being. And and I think a regular yoga practice that you can um, take... Get a hold of a teacher and take classes and, and find find out the proper form for some of the basic postures. And then be creative. There, yoga is, um, well, I define yoga as a uh, get on a floor and move around. Stretch mm-hmm. your muscles in different directions. And play that edge. When you go into a posture, gently go to just where pain starts or just on that edge where you have a little bit of discomfort and then hold it for a minute and breathe into it. And you'd be amazed at how quickly your body will become supple and flexible. But that, that idea of isometrics and stretching all day, every day whenever you're doing anything like when i'm driving a car that people go by they think i'm some kind of nut job because i would be either stretching straight out or pulling my face almost up to the dashboard or turning to one side or the other still with concentrating on what i'm doing Mm -hmm. but um and only when there's most of the time when there's no cars around because i drive to i drive to the store on the interstate and it's a pretty barren stretch of road you can go the whole way without seeing another car sometimes
0: all right and that's that's interesting that you said that because, without with, without even knowing that I guess I guess I do that a lot too. Is that because when I even when I'm talking to you right now, I'm I'm standing up. You know, I hate sitting down, and and I'm like moving around, and 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 it's like you know doing calf raises while I'm talking with you and and, and flexing. But um, that's cool that you said that because I had a guest on. Um, the other day who also talked about, you know, what you're referring to and she called it you know, like holistic fitness and, and continually to, to do, um, you know, fitness, not just when we're doing yoga or when we're at the gym, but as you say, throughout the entire day. So yeah, I think that's, yep. yeah, that's, that's awesome.
1: And you know, habit habit rules our life. Mm-hmm. And if you create a, ha- a simple habit like that, Blake, can be momentous over time because it's so many little tiny acts that create our destiny. Uh, once in a while, you make a big move. You get married or you, you, uh, you're in a plane crash or something, but most of people's lives most of people's destiny is determined by the things that we do day to day and you add these little tiny ingredients and probably the most influential thing in how our lives will come out are the thoughts that we allow ourselves our minds are jumping around like a crazy monkey even if even after you meditate when you met when i'm meditating when even after i'm finished there's still this whole barrage of thoughts and to weed out the bad ones and encourage the good ones to uh, is it's the same as smoking cigarettes? You can anybody can smoke a pack of cigarettes; it won't do anything to right. them. But do it day to day, year after year, and it'll wreck your life. Oh, and with our thoughts are the same way.
0: Yeah, that's incredible to talk about, and I just want to recap that to it and get your thoughts on that because our our mindset about about what we're doing, I feel, is is is, is so powerful into in and what we think about ourselves, and, and again, that goes back to what you were saying about habit, but I'm looking at your book right now, um, I'll Fix My Head Before before I'm Dead, and, and I think that is a, this is a good point to bring that
1: up. Can you talk about that? Life's a journey, mm. and I am a very different person than I am now, uh, than I was five years ago. I think that there's, you don't know how high it is till you get there that you can continually improve almost everything that you're doing. Not in ever the hope of perfection, mm-hmm. but in the in the quest for um, uh, the optimum possibilities of the time that you have available. I figure I got, I don't know how many years. I've uh, been very fortunate to live healthily the, the 76 years that I've lived. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I aspire to uh, helping people come to that understanding early. Somebody your age, if you were to uh, uh, just you know 10 years of study and 10 years of, of practicing a discipline of mind control i don't know i want not say mind control experience control mm-hmm. to learn the very deeply how to control your reaction to whatever's coming down in your life and to always respond with good humor and gratitude and kindness is it's a it's a long term journey because because we are an emotional creature, it's it's a good thing we have emotions, but we need to. They're like wild animals. We need to train them so that we can use them uh, to benefit the world and ourselves.
0: Right, and I'm glad that you said that because I I feel like in, in in society and and maybe you can attest to this as well that that there's things that are in place that that try to stop us from from being. Uh... Emotional beings, from from feeling beings, and and almost want us to be in a, in a way comatose and and not and not become awake. So so in your book, um, I got got the sense that the things that you talk about are are very simplistic, but it's just the the a point of being aware that they're necessary things to do. Uh, what what is your take on on? on if you will, um, the things that you've done that just continually um, keep you in this habit? Because I know on the back of the book, you talk about something, some things that you do every single day that, that continually help you grow. Can you talk about those too?
1: Study, study is uh, important. Mm-hmm. We never... It's we can know everything that everybody knows up to now, and everything that everybody knows is going to double in the next three or four years. There's so much incredibly uh, new information coming out, and nutritional studies. And uh, I just picked up two books that I both I find both of them are very. uh, very enlightening the one is sapiens it's about the history of the, of the home, homeo sapiens and the other one is called emotional intelligence and i've learned so much just from these two books in the last few days just keep studying keep learning keep expanding your uh, and noticing your experience probably even before study notice what kind of an emotion how you're reacting to the situations in your life and ask yourself is this the best is this the best shot I got? Is this the best I can be right at this point in my life, or do I have to get mad and scream at that guy to cut me off?
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think I think that that's very important to be uh, to realize and understand that, and, and to be aware that. Again, like you say, you really control, you know, how you respond, you know, to a situation. And so, I'm curious uh, to get. Well, to, I don't think.
1: I don't think we control it. Mm. I think we can potentially train ourselves okay. to, uh, over a long haul, and it's something like training for a four-minute mile. Mm-hmm. That it, it's a, it's a process, okay,
0: and it's right.
1: a, it's a consciousness, and it's a, and it's a habit too, because you, people get in the habit of whining about everything, and you can tell who they are. You can, you don't even have to look at them. You can feel them walk into a room. You know, some people generate such negative. Uh, um uh, aura or uh, experience of life, and then there's some people that are very positive you meet them and you immediately like them and you like the way they 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 are with people and their kindness just sort of glows up glows from them and these are things that that happen over time I don't know if there's uh anybody that's born with these I think there's a lot of um, tendencies to go one way or the other, but it's basically we are our own creation okay
0: no, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's like, you know, athlete that's training for whatever event they're doing. Uh, we have to look at our, I guess, our lives, if you will, in sort of the same way that, even though we're not necessarily, I'm not saying that we're all athletes or or what have you, but we are all, like you said, people who can train ourselves to to do certain things if we continually practice them and, and and uh day in and day out so so and train these things that we want to have in our life. So I think that's a great point. So so for you uh your journey is one that's been you know as you said a continual journey uh, uh a continual practice. Uh what what are you doing um that you would say is is fulfilling life's yearnings for you?
1: Uh, being kind, being, uh, um, I, I don't know, Blake, I get up in the morning and it's just such a, such a great experience. You know, you get to be, I think it's, I think I've lived, I just keep track of it in my journal. I think it's something like 27,750 days
0: wow. somewhere
1: in it and just another day, another opportunity to learn, another opportunity to be with my, my wonderful wife and, Uh, messing around with my really great dog and go to the store. We have a cafe at the store and uh, we've got a lot of really great customers. So I I can hang out there and get in all kinds of different conversations about a lot of different uh, subjects. And I'm I'm just going to, we have a community room and we have five or six, we have uh, five or six um, yoga classes every week. Oh, that's awesome. And, and I was just recently decided I'm going to start a, start teaching yoga uh, next uh, January or February.
0: Okay. No, that's really cool. So, so with with that, that makes a lot of sense because you you even said this earlier. Um, your routine. Can you about you know what your day looks like from the get go? Can you talk about that as well?
1: First thing is a couple cups of uh, organic coffee, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm reading, again, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, The uh, Master Game by Robert DeRope. That's a book I would recommend to anybody. It, it's been a very formative thing. And one, a couple of quotes. Quotes always seem to be very motivating for me. And Robert DeRope, the, the author of Master Game, uh, said, I guess I read it the first time probably 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. By skillful means, one can learn to be comfortable even in hell, and that skillful means the idea that I'm I'm not just training to be get by. I don't want to get by. I want to be the the sword, the invincible swordman. You know that I can continually improve my skills in dealing with people, my skills in dealing with the my environment with every every aspect of everything that I'm doing is all half ass even now and it could be better and it will be better and the other side of that too and this is my theory I don't even know if it's true that if you don't keep doing that you'll start backsliding mm-hmm. that it seems like it seems to me when I look back over my life you're either going up or going down and um, fatness leads to fatness. You know, I've just, even recently, I was up 25 pounds from where I was because I got into some bad habits and I just uh, continually looked the other way every day. So finally it got to a point where I had no pants I could wear and I decided that it was time to really get a hold of the situation. So uh, there's, it's a tricky path, but if you continually pay attention and continually aspire to get better and to learn more, then, um, life can be great. and and I don't know how life could get any better for me, but it always does.
0: That's awesome. So, so what was the name of that book again? It said the master
1: game, the the master game by Robert D rope. And another book that I read every morning is called insight meditation by Joseph Goldstein. It's a thirty-day journal. It's a thirty-day uh, grouping of speeches that he wrote at a meditation retreat, and it's so loaded with with in, important, incredible reminders. You know, I, I knew twenty-five years ago I should chew my food every time I eat, but still, it's it's remembering that when you're eating and you're having an interesting conversation with somebody, you're still supposed to chew your food and not just gulp it down and spit it all over people. That. Uh, it's this that process of remembering the things that you learn when you need to know them.
0: Okay. I know if,
1: if I'm eating ice cream, maybe it's okay to have a bowl, but don't eat the whole container.
0: Right. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And say that say the name of that one again as well too.
1: Joseph Goldstein's Insight Meditation. Those three books I've read, I read and reread. All, the spines are all off them, and there's all kinds of underlining and tabs on them and everything. And another one that I'm, I just started to read was *The Security of Insecurity* by Alan Watts. I read it a long time ago, and it, it makes a lot of very interesting points. And then I get a couple of news. I get a couple of uh, financial newsletters that I read whenever I get them. They're, they're a part of my morning reading. And then as soon as I get done with that, I start to journal. Okay. And I write about things I learned recently, things that I want to do, things, and I kind of evaluate how I did yesterday. And it's it, You know, if nothing else, I mean, I, I feel there's a lot of values to that in many ways. Mm-hmm. But it's a real gas to be able to go back to the Dean Roberts of 1985 wow. or 81 or 79 and read all the stupid crap that was coming out of my pen. <laughs> it just... <laughs> so, so far from what I should have been doing, but I was doing it, you know, and I kept to read, I keep making the same stupid mistakes over and over and over again. Some people learn hard and some people learn easy, but as long as you, as long as that morning aspiration was there, oh, I would be so depressed. I was ready to jump in front of a train a couple mm. times, but I had that, that aspiration that I could make it better, that I could train myself to not fall into those uh, unwholesome ways
0: i I think that's incredible and so how many how many years have you been journaling then so i'm sure you have probably a room full of full of notebooks
1: (laughs) a couple of boxes yeah actually you know i bought a couple of these really cheap um uh fireproof safes and i keep them in there because of all of the things that i've accumulated over the course of my life uh it's that's the only oh all my books i've Mm -hmm. got a. A whole wall full of books that i've read but uh that was that's my second that uh, those journals are probably next to my wife and dog are probably my most prized possessions i wouldn't want to lose in a fire so i put them in a firebox but Um, things are things, you know, they, they, they have a certain value, but the most important asset that we have is between our ears and, and we have this unlimited opportunity to increase our power, to increase our skill, to increase our contribution. There's nothing, there's nothing in life any better than trying to help somebody see the possibilities of life and encourage them and possibly educate them in some of the things that work for me. And that's what that's where my career is going. I really want to uh, do that as as much as I can. And, and a podcast like this gives me the opportunity to reach out and maybe find some people that are interested in being mentored.
0: You know, I think I think that's incredible. So I I am glad that um, you know that we were able to connect and and talk about these things because even even just from this conversation, I, I've learned so much from you about. You know different ways of looking at things, especially when you talk about training yourself. Like it, it, like even that idea in itself is like, in a way, freeing because it's it's saying that you know as as people if we focus on something and we're not always going to get it right the first time. And I think you can even attest to that. It doesn't, it doesn't oh, happen. It doesn't happen the first day. It's, it's going to take, take time. And even when you think you do figure it out, you still might mess up somewhere along the way and then discover new things about yourself. And and, and, it, and it just keeps on going and going. I think I, if I if I recall correctly, um, it was Benjamin Franklin who, who, you know, was in the habit of, you know, journaling and, and trying to become, I guess as perfect as he could and at the end of his life you know he ended up realizing that gosh all these different things that I wanted to master you know of all the intentional and and um, uh, effort that I put in you know I still barely did them and, and that was just this, this like whoa for someone like him <laughs> To say that through all my years of training, you know <laughs> I was only still just a little bit better than where i where I started at um you know thirty forty years ago, but i just I just know so much more about myself, I think that that's what really helped him as far as, as what he was doing and and it sounds the same for you because all your years of experiences and, and being able to reflect upon them and continually to, to, to learn and, and to exercise and, and to just you know, do right by your body has put you in a different place than you would have been a year ago or even 5, 10, 15 years ago.
1: Oh, absolutely. And a couple other ingredients are drink enough, good, clean, not packed in plastic water, Get enough sleep. Sleep is absolutely essential to living at the optim- at an optimal level. You have to get enough sleep. I took almost a two-hour nap just before this program, and I'll tell you, I feel like I uh, I'm ready for a foot race. Nice. That. Um, <laughs> And here, okay, there's an important point. I'm not even sure. I, I'm not even sure if this is true. Mm-hmm. But I think that this high level or a higher, le- not high level, high, a higher level of, of vitality and experience is very similar to the fitness of that runner's experience that you can't run a four minute mile till you ran a five minute mile. Mm -hmm. And if you don't keep running a four minute mile, you're not going to run a four minute mile Mm -hmm. that to you reach a higher level and you need to practice. You need to continually retrain and refocus and and it's and i'm saying that like it's a lot of work it's not it's a joy i don't look i don't uh, dread exercising i look forward to it i put a i plug my head into tim ferriss or dave asbury and i jump on the exercise cycle and i uh, f- exercise my body and improve my i, I don't know imp- the word improve i experience new insights and new information that i add to my um, my knowledge base and That's it. I mean, when I'm on the vibrator, I'm listening to podcasts. When I'm doing chores around the house or working in the garden, I'm listening to – there's just so much incredible information available to uh, let a minute get by without – it's just – I'm inclined for it. I like it. I enjoy it. And it adds to what I can possibly do in the future to help others do the same.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I love hearing that. So I know on the back of your book, you talk about, you know, some, some homegrown theories that you don't know necessarily are true. Um, can you talk about some of those?
1: Well, <laughs> um, yeah soap. people go uh it's i don't know how many people listening get dirty where they work but mm. most people don't and they get in the shower and they rub soap all over their body i don't care if it's the best organic soap in the world you don't need it mm. your body your body naturally is has oils on it and it doesn't need to get a a, a, a attacked by some sort of a detergent every day i mean it's just crazy um And that goes for deodorants. Mm -hmm. And anything anything you put on your skin, you're putting in your mouth. People uh, go out in the sun and put suntan lotion on. It's almost criminally unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And it's accepted. Oh, you're going to get cancer if you get in the sun yeah it, now just step back about 10,000 years and think about this you know people were in the sun all the time we're designed to be in the sun we create vitamin d when we're in the sun we don't need to be sunburned that's a different thing mm. but we do need sun i i take a shower outdoors all year round okay and it faces it faces east and i wait till the sun gets to about we don't get all uh, we don't get that many sunny days but whenever it's sunny i make sure the sun's up to about 25 or 30 degrees and i take a shower and I try to maintain a little bit of a tan all winter. That uh, there's all these small things. The idea of just tensing and exercising a little bit all the time keeps you uh, keeps you fit, keeps you healthy. But the idea of uh, all these different. Detergents around the house. The you know, best thing for keeping uh, clean and pots is hot water. Wipe them off and put them away. They don't need to get soap all over them. Food residue is a hell of a lot healthier than soap residue. Mm. People slide, put soap all over everything, themselves, their houses, their body. You know, I I like clean. I like clean, but clean doesn't have to be. Um, uh, you don't need soap. You got. You can use a little elbow grease if there's something stuck on the counter. Rub it down a little bit with some hot water or maybe lemon juice. Oh,
0: interesting.
1: It's just, you know, I don't know. I I don't use toothpaste. I think that, um, uh, what do you, what do I need toothpaste? I brush my teeth and I floss and I use a water pick. Okay. But I don't, but I think toothpaste, oh, certainly, absolutely, the commercial toothpaste that are sold with fluorides and all kinds of chemicals in them are very unwholesome oh yeah if you live in a city don't drink the water there's chlorine and fluoride in most city water supplies and both of them are toxic chemicals if you had a spoonful or two it would kill you so don't uh and that's pretty clear to me that's not a mm-hmm. i don't think that's such a uh off the wall theory anymore so that's a few of mine
0: that's awesome <laughs> No, that's awesome. I I, I can listen to those all day, just just to hear the different thoughts coming out. So that, that's cool that you have those.
1: Enough. Here's a here's a way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. I used to play a lot of poker, and they would talk about no leaks. Mm-hmm. And the guys would keep concentrating on the uh, smaller and smaller and subtler and less important aspects of their game, to really strive f- towards perfection that you would never reach. But these small little considerations that go on day after day after year, people put the odorant on. They don't even think about it. It's um, it has its effect. And I would say to them, if they would put it under their arms, they should stick it in their mouth and. Would they do that? Because it's the same thing. It's going into your body either way. Wow.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that is fascinating to hear that. So instead of deodorant, so you're just washing up then and then um, naturally.
1: I just say, I take a shower in hot water Mm -hmm. and uh, once a week or once every 10 days, I take a dry brush and brush my skin down vigorously. You'd see all the dead skin that flakes off because in a normal situation, we'd be running around most of the time with no clothes on and we'd be banging into trees and brush and branches and uh, briars. So our skin would be, would defoliate uh, naturally, but that doesn't happen in our environment. So I think it's a good idea to take a dry brush and if you if you think that i'm uh, talking crazy get out in the sunlight sometime mm-hmm. with a very strong bristled brush and brush yourself off and you'll see a cloud if you you know most people that don't do that at all would be amazed at how much dead skin they're carrying around with them, unless they have like a loofah or some sort of a other practice. I mean, if you do it, you could take a wet brush too and brush yourself down, and it would achieve the same thing. And then I use coconut oil. Okay. I think that it, I, I every morning after a shower, I um, I rub down with coconut oil.
0: Hmm, no, I love hearing these these home remedies because I think those are again important. Going back to if we're trying to increase our longevity and just be. Yeah, and the most optimal that we can, I think I think it's you know valuable and, and important to hear you know those those things that go against what what uh media says are are important for us to do, so yeah, thanks for sharing those oh,
1: yeah and stay away from pharmaceuticals too, I mm. think that they're as dangerous as the food supply that there's almost Everything that people go to the doctor with today is a question of prevention rather than cure, mm-hmm. and the idea that you can just you can just bring the symptoms down and you've accomplished anything, with poison chemicals that have 15 other side effects, is it's just an insane concept. Who was it, it said? Let food be your uh, medicine. That eat right. You know. Here's another quote that. Um, That really uh, helped me uh, along the way. I read it very early. Mm -hmm. It was in a poem by Robert Service called The Cremation of Sam McGee. And he says, a promise made is a debt unpaid. And I think that two of our strongest personal assets are our word and our reputation for honest dealing and fairness with people and to uh, a promise made is a debt unpaid has come into my mind. When I tell somebody, Oh, I'll do that. I'll take care of that. That's not a problem. Yeah. I'll send you that. And then I casually say, ah, he did you know, he's going to forget about it. He will not even remember right. But I remember. Right. And I tried to make that like as solid as a death sentence. If I, I don't try to, I try not to tell people, Oh, I'm going to definitely do that but when i do do that i just make it i take it to the bank that uh, i will because you get a reputation people know hey that robert's guy's reliable he says he's going to do something and you can count on it and uh, that's a very very strong asset in your in your group in your network because people need people that can do things and 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 they reliable and reliably do things
0: no, I think that's awesome, so. so thank you for sharing those. And there are two last questions. and again, I've enjoyed you know speaking with you, hearing your thoughts on life and and just your philosophy on, on what helps us live um, optimal lives and and to do what it is that we love and enjoy. Um, that first question is, you know, takeaways, what? What's your call to action for us, you know, moving forward um, that you've garnered from from all of your life experiences?
1: Study. Mm. Start with study. Everything that we can do, we operate within our skills and our knowledge base. Mm. Anne Rand had a quote that or another quote that really moved me over the years. She said, live to the limit of your knowledge and expand your knowledge to the limit of your life. Mm. And we have this little circle of what we know and what we can do. Continually expand that, learn new skills, get to be a master of something, whether it's jewelry making or archery or woodworking, learn how to use your hands and be, um, that's what my, my career as a die maker taught me. I'm really good building things. I can do a lot. And it's it, there's something about the way it wires your brain to be able to look at something and, okay, I can do this. I can fix that. I can fix this. To get handy and that expand that circle of knowledge in all directions and then live to the limit of it.
0: Hmm. That's powerful. And then... Life. So I would say study yep.
1: by far and away, Absolutely. and and the other thing is to to be uh, aware of your thoughts, aware of your experiences, and tame the demons. Learn to train them, train your experience, and to be to be kind and to be helpful and to be grateful and to, and to see the 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 humor in this whole human situation. That's
0: awesome. And your definition of fulfilling life's yearnings?
1: Serve. Hmm. Make the world a better place, whether it's picking up garbage or smiling at a stranger or cleaning up the restroom. When you go into a public restroom and it's all a mess, clean it up. It's not it's not their restroom. It's our restroom. We all live in the same world.
0: I love it. It's just simple and and, and something that, you know, we can all take to heart. And I love that. You know I had you on and, and you talked about really from your heart and and just explaining and, and, and allowing us to share in your experience of the things that you've gone through and in and the, and the thought processes that you've come come to from all your years of studying and so is there a way um, for us to stay engaged with what you're doing and, and to, um, you know connect with you
1: I have a blog that's boneyard express Blogspot dot com and they can reach me at uh i'll fix my head at gmail.com at gmail.com i'll fix my head at gmail.com and the um blog is boneyard express dot and i'd love to hear from anybody that any of your listeners to um Either comment on what I had, or ask questions, or possibly engage in some sort of a mentoring a uh, relationship. No, absolutely. because people like you are the hope for the world, Blake. We need young people that are interested in uh, building up themselves and serving the world. There's a lot of uh, unwholesome forces at work.
0: Yes, yes, and yes, and I appreciate you saying that. And and you know, I would definitely share those. Those will be included in, in today's show notes. And for those of you listening, yes, let, let's keep this conversation going because I do think it is important to, to sit down and, and, and talk about these things, about where we're going, what it is that you know, what it is that we want to see in the world because if we don't start um, the change with ourselves, then, then how can we expect it happening out in the world?
1: Right. Self-mastery is the ticket to changing the world. As we individually change, our world will automatic ch- automatically change. Here's a way for people to look at it about goals. You know, a plane that goes from New York to London is off, off course 95% of the time, mm-hmm. but little corrections. They get off, they go back. They get off, they go back. And that's the way life is. If you have a goal, doesn't mean that you're going uh, to it gives you something to guide your performance by and take and keep a direction in your activities and set a big goal
0: absolutely so thank you for sharing that again that was dean roberts you know just talking life and and his experiences and, and what we can do to 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 make ourselves better through through dieting exercise most importantly studying and and serving the world and making sure that um through self-mastery we we uh become the change that we want to see in the world so again thank you dean for coming on today with me and, and just sharing your message and being willing to talk and divulge about the different things that you've gone through and again this is blake Suley. i am the host of fulfilling last yearnings thank you for listening in and as always uh, go out there and be fly. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is located on the home page, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. While you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think, as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode... Stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.